This is Selfiepreneur episode 32. What is money scarcity and how does that affect you? Let's talk about that. What's up? I'm Rashad. I am the host of the Selfiepreneur podcast, and you can find a little bit more about me at rashadpleasant.com. All of the podcast articles are built off, or all of the podcast episodes are built off the articles that I write at Selfiepreneur. So you can find the article that matches this episode at selfiepreneur.com slash 32. Today, we're talking about money scarcity. What is money scarcity and how does that affect you? And then what's the the wealth mindset and how can the wealth mindset combat money scarcity? So let's dig into that a little bit. Right. So scarcity is a real thing. Right. Money scarcity is a real thing. And I would even venture to say that um, that money is the root of scarcity in our economy, right? So in America, we live in a capitalist economy and all of our trade is built off of money. And scarcity, unfortunately, scarcity is driven into us as a, at a very early age because as, when, as we understand trade, uh, or I should say, as we understand value in trade, not just trade, right? But under, as we understand value in trade, we equate value to money. So when we get to trade, right, like kindergartners on a playground, it's just like, you know, I'll, I'll give you my toy if you give me mine, if you give me yours. Right. So that's just trade. But there's no value. We're not really putting any value into the trade. The moment that we understand value in trade, though, it's money. And because money is seemingly a, a limited resource, right, because money is a, is hard to come by. You can't just go under your bed and pull out money. I mean, some of us can, but <laughs> you can't just go under your bed and pull out money. You can't go into your toy chest and just pull out money, especially as a kid. Money seems scarce. Money appears scarce. And generally, the way that we achieve money or not achieve the, the way that we obtain money in our society is by trading our time or something that we already have. And of course, in order to have something, someone would have to get right. So there's like this, there's all of these things that have to go into how do you get money in the first place? And therefore money looks like a limited resource, right? Based on how fast you can get it or based on how fast you can get it versus how fast you have to expend money, right? So it's immediately uh, a scarce resource. And then that drives in our economy, that drives fear and that drives greed because of the scarcity mentality. Right. So what is money scarcity? How does how does scarcity directly relate to money? And what exactly is money scarcity? Look, because scarcity is the idea that there's not enough of a resource um, in a society to provide for all of that society's wants and needs, scarcity becomes immediately real, right? And the problem is, while scarcity is great if you're the business person, it's not really that dope for the rest of the population. What does that look like? Um, if you turn on the TV or if you're online, right, uh, and and you you know you come across the buy now, right, like two days left to two days. That's a long time. Two hours left, like buy now. The special ends tonight at midnight. Whatever it is, I don't know why you're watching TV at buying stuff at ten o'clock, but whatever. Like the special ends at ten at twelve o'clock midnight, right? And you got to buy now. That's scarcity. What's the scarce part? Time. 
right? You have to buy now or the price goes up. So it's a scarcity idea that the business is driving into the consumer and then the consumer, whoever that clown is, not clown because it might be me or you, uh, sitting on a couch, sitting on the couch at 10 o'clock watching the QVC. I don't even know if that still comes on TV. I don't even watch TV. I don't even know if that's still a thing. But whatever, like you're watching or you're scrolling online and you're like, yo, I got till midnight to buy this thing and scarcity becomes an immediate factor in time. Right. So scarcity is real. The problem is scarcity is not really built on how essential the resource is. Right. Like you were trying to buy a scarf. You know what I mean? Like you were trying to buy a a blanket online and a drink said it was only two hours left. And you're like, oh, snap. Like scarcity really isn't dependent on how essential the resource is. Instead, Scarcity is tied generally, right? Scarcity is tied to the demand for a particular resource or commodity and the availability of that resource or commodity, right? So with that, scarcity is likely, more likely to be manufactured than organic. What does that mean? Look, you didn't need the scarf. You had all the time in the world. They had the, the the sale was on. Right. And the sale ended. It ends in two hours or whatever. It ends at midnight. The company's still there. The scarf is still available and the company's still in the business of selling the scarf to you. So what really changed aside from midnight? Nothing. Right. The scarcity part of you have to buy it before midnight is totally manufactured. Right. It's great for business. And here's why. If a society coordinates economic plans based on the or, or economic, excuse me, if a society coordinates economic plans on the basis of willingness to pay money, members of that society will strive to compete to make money. Right. And so I wanted to repeat that because that's an excerpt from uh, the economic way of thinking. There's a book called The Economic Way of Thinking. It's an incredibly expensive book. Um, if you're into it, knock it out. Right. There's a link on uh, there's a link on the on the website, selfrepreneur.com slash 32. You can check out the link there. It is an affiliate link. I would love for you to click it. It doesn't cost you anything extra to buy there, um, but it definitely is a good way to say thank you. But uh, I wanted to repeat that. So if a society coordinates economic plans on the basis of willingness to pay money, members of that society will strive to compete to make money. Right. And you know why that is. Right. Because they're they're competing for a resource or commodity that is viewed as being scarce. Money ain't really going nowhere, but we the idea is it's hard to get it and there's a limited amount and I got to get this paper. Right. The reality is money is just the common medium of exchange in our culture. And therefore, it's the most scarce resource of all. Because what if I wanted to buy water? I needed money. If I wanted to buy food, I need money. If I wanted to be warm, I need money. If I need clothes, I need money. Right. Almost everything that we tie in our capitalist culture is tied to money. That's kind of important. But in reality, money is just the common medium of exchange. So is scarcity real, (laughs) right? Like, is this really a thing? Absolutely. But it's probably not happening exactly the way that you think it is. Scarcity, right? Scarcity can be and most likely is manufactured and in three ways. The first, holding resources or commodities from the market, right? I have it. I'm only going to release a little bit at a time and therefore it appears scarce and therefore people jump in. The second way is creating a desire or a craving around something that appears difficult to produce. 
gold, right? Like gold is kind of hard to come by. However, why do we even place value in gold, right? Like there's a challenge in that too. But why do you place so much value in gold or in diamonds? Like, yes, it does take a lot to get these rare minerals out of the earth, right? You got all it, especially now, because you can't just dig with your hands anymore. You got to hire the guy with the big, I don't know what those things are called, backhoe to dig down. And then you got to hire the big machine and shaking. Y'all saw a gold dig, right? Is it gold dig, gold rush or whatever? on Discovery Channel. It's a dope show. Um, but <laughs> but absolutely, it's hard to come by. The question, of course, is why did we even place value on it? But the third way to manufacture scarcity is panic, right? If you're not exactly sure what that, what that means, just wait till the next hurricane or the next snowstorm or the next real bad weather event and watch how everybody rushes to the store to get bread and milk. Kid, like, you probably don't even need bread and milk. First, you could eat everything else in your pantry aside from bread and milk, and you're probably going to survive. Like, you're probably not going to die from not having bread and milk. But for some reason, somewhere along the lines of humanity in America, we decided, oh, snap, act of God, we need bread and milk. Panic, right? We start to go crazy. And look, Panic's good for ratings because everybody's watching TV. You're watching you're watching the Weather Channel for nine hours straight because they said it was going to be three to five inches of snow. Like, dog, you just needed to understand that maybe there was going to be three to five inches of snow and then you could rock with the rest of your day. It's really not that important for you to dedicate all of your time and then panic and go buy bread and milk. Right. The third like. It's super, super simple stuff. Right. And, and and the implications of it are very, very simple as well. So in either of the first two examples, though, there there aren't enough of the resource or commodity in the marketplace and thus scarcity ensues in a capitalist culture like ours. Money is still the most common trade and it feeds a money scarcity even when money isn't the focus. And that happens Because if a resource is viewed as scarce and we all trade money, that resource then, of course, money becomes scarce, real or not. So what is the wealth mindset and how does that play into it? Here's the thing. Right. And this is something for you to think about for yourself. If I told you, if I told you that there's a tree in the center of your neighborhood, right, that will immediately produce a fully ripe fruit instantly instantly every time you take a fruit from that tree and that would never ever fail would you ever feel the need to take more than what you need right now than what you were going to immediately consume probably not right you're probably not going to go in and just ho- maybe maybe immediately right cuz we're humans and we look at it and we go oh snap there's a tree that's always got fruit like i better go get all my fruit right and maybe the first time we see it we hear about it, we go and run and we snatch up right cuz that's what we do right scarcity there's resources available and it's not going to be available forever therefore i must take as much as i can but once you realize that that's going to constantly happen. Once you understand that no matter how many times I pull from this tree and immediately a new fruit is going to grow right there, ripe, And I can just take what you're probably just going to take what you need. Right. But we take more than we consume because we're afraid of the resource not being there. Right. 
Like it, it, it's really simple. It's, <laughs> and it's, it's simple to think about. It's simple to conceptualize, but it's a little bit harder to actually put into practice. So that type of scarcity, when, when, we, when you start to look at the example that way, that scarcity drives consumer behavior. Who's the consumer? You and I, right? And it's not just in the marketplace. It's just in the human mind. It's just the way that we operate, right? Again, you want to see how we operate. Wait till the next act of God and go down to your grocery store and try to buy milk and try to buy water and try to buy bread. Look, water comes out of your faucet. Like the water is available to you and you still run down, run down, run down to the grocery store and pay a dollar for a gallon. You already pay for it. Like it's coming out of your faucet. It's okay. You can drink it. You're not going to die, Right. But again, don't fool yourself because it's not it's not as easy to put into practice as it is to think about. Right. So it's easy to think that if we just had a little bit more then we'd be comfortable. And it's a lie. Right. Because we keep thinking contentment is right around the corner and it is. But it's not going to be found in money. Money's just a magnifier. I believe um, I think. Stephen Covey said that I think he wrote that in the seven habits, maybe seven habits of, of highly effective people. Nah, I might be wrong. I should have sourced that before I told you. But money is just a magnifier. And if you're unhappy now, the reality is you're probably going to be unhappy even if you had a million dollars. Right. You're just going to blow up, blow a million dollars and you're still going to realize how unhappy you are. If you're stingy now, you're going to be stingy then. Right. If I give you a mill, you're going to tuck it away. You're not really going to do anything for the community right now. If you're viewed as being generous, then you won't magically become more generous because or I should say, if you're not viewed as being generous, you're not going to magically become more generous just because you have more money. You're going to be the same person, you're the same individual. So the money part doesn't really change it. It really probably most likely serves to magnify the, the behavior that you already exhibit. Right. So the, in reality, though, going through that exercise, if you're lucky, you'll probably learn something about yourself. You'll probably you'll probably have the opportunity to look back and be like, I'm a stingy dude. Like I got a million bucks. All my bills are paid and I'm still holding on to a million dollars. And that cat's hungry. And I and I said I'd buy him a sandwich, but it was only off the dollar menu. Like you're probably a stingy guy. Like you could have took that dude to McCormick and Schmidt and really, you know, showed him a good. You could have went and bought groceries for him for the whole month, for the whole year. But you just decided to get him something off the dollar menu like that. The money part isn't going to change you. Right. It's just going to magnify the person that you are, that you already are, because we're driven. We're driven by our habits. And until we learn to embrace change and change who we are and the results, the results that we're producing by changing our habits, no money is going to change anything about us. Same habits, same person, same results. So what do you do? Right. How do you make it different? There's a couple of things. It's not an exhaustible list, but there's a couple of things. Right. The first is, look, don't take a seat. (laughs) Take a walk. Go outside. Walk through the park. Walk through the hiking trail. Right. And while you're out there, start to look around and realize that, wow, humans have survived for millennia on this. I have everything that I need. It's all right here. Right. Change, change the things that you value just by looking around you. Get away from the McMansions and the neighborhoods and the fancy cars and just go out in the nature and see what's there, because everything that you need to survive is kind of right here already. Right. 
Like there's probably a stream that a stream of water that runs somewhere within a quarter mile of your house, but you still go to Acme and pay for water. You could drink that water. I mean, people did it for a very long time before some genius decided to put water in a bottle. So go outside. Look at the resources that are already around you. Here's another thing. Determine what's important to you again. Right. Like. Gold is hard to come by. Diamonds are hard to come by. But I can assure you that I have decided for me that those things aren't important. So I don't even care if gold is on sale for 90 percent unless I was, unless it's a business transaction for me. And if gold is on sale by 90 percent, still not a personal transaction. Like I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less because I've decided what's what's important to me. And that's just not one of the things. Right. We live in a society that's free, except that we're in bondage by the idea of somebody else's happiness. The American dream, white picket fence, two and a half kids, like all of this nonsense. Would, like, wouldn't it be crazy if everyone wanted the thing, right? And wanted the same thing or wanted the thing and the demand made it scarce, but nobody was looking at the thing that you wanted that was already in abundance. What does that mean? Wouldn't it be crazy if everybody else wanted like the white picket fence and a big house and the dogs and five cars? And you were just like, yo, I'm good right here. Like, I'll just walk out there into the woods and build my house with everything that's already available. Not that we can normally <laughs> normally do that in America, but like imagine Imagine if it was just different, if we weren't all chasing the same dream that was sold to us. Look, here's another thing. Learn, learn to trade on value instead of price, right? Price is very easily tied to money and money is just a common medium of exchange. So take money out of the equation and you can start to see how you actually value the thing that you're trading for. Right. I remember reading somewhere. This was like 15, 20 years ago. I remember reading that um, this equation that said value equals benefit minus cost. Right. The benefit minus the cost is the value of that thing. So now you're like now this is the equation like, am I paying too much? Am I paying too little? Am I really getting a deal? Am I not getting a deal? Like, how do I value it? But it comes back to value. Start making some decisions on value instead of just price. Here's another one. Get appreciative in the moment. Right. Like I've been personally, I've been poor. I've been like dead, like food stamps. Not sure if we're eating tomorrow, like somebody might not eat tonight poor. Like I've, I've lived that life already. But as a result, and I'm not saying that to get like, oh, Rashad, like, no, as a result, I just get to appreciate things differently. Right. I'm I'm so good with the things that I have, regardless of how much or how little. If I got hot coffee, as when I wrote the article, I'm just sitting there sipping hot coffee at five o'clock in the morning with electricity, listening to nothing because it's quiet. You know how dope that is to me? Like you can't pay for that. The the part where I get to have electricity is something that I didn't always have. The part that I get to have coffee is something that I didn't always have. And I'm cool and I'm just going to appreciate this. Right. I'm not going to worry about how much money I got in the bank account or how much money I don't have in the bank account or what bill collectors are going to call me as soon as soon as the business day starts. I'm not I'm not concerned about any of that. I'm just like, look, this moment is so dope right now. Coffee, the glow of my laptop. I get to think, you know, write down my thoughts. I'm hoping that it changes somebody's life and, and, and it's quiet and it's the stillness. That trend is dope. Right. 
just get appreciative. Appreciate some of the things that you get to look at right now. Here's another one. Right. In the same vein, start sharing immediately. Immediately. Right. If the concept is true that money is a magnifying tool and it's only going to magnify magnify who you already are, the habits that you already exist. Now's a good time to start changing. You don't need to wait until I I'm waiting until I hit the lottery and then I'm gonna go ahead and bless y'all. Like, no, cut it out. Like, do it now. I got 20 bucks in my pocket. Here's 10. I'm good with 10. I don't even have anything that I owe $10 to. You know what? I'm good with five. I'm good with no dollars. I'm good with no dollars because I don't owe anybody any dollars right now. And I got 20. Here's 20. Right. Here's five for you, five for you, five for you, five for you. Did I say it four times? One, two, three, four. Yeah, I think I did. So <laughs> had to make sure the math is good. But like for real, scarcity is stingy. Wealth ain't stingy. Rich. Look, put it in full perspective. Rich is stingy, too. Right. Rich is stingy, too. Wealthy ain't stingy. If you if you couldn't hear me because I said it wrong, wealth is not stingy. Right. Like be ready to let go and deal with that fear of letting go, because it's really not as bad as you might think it is. I'll even challenge you to give away something that you think you need or something that you depend that you think that you depend on just to see how much you don't really need it. Right. I mean, within re- <laughs> within reason, don't go crazy and give away the thing that, you know, you want life support. You don't just want to pull a plug on yourself. Like, that's not really going to work. But within reason, I would challenge you to give away something that you depend on or something that you think you need because scarcity is real and money scarcity is real. But wealth and abundance are also very real and you're probably living in it, but you just can't appreciate it. So that's it. Check out the full article, selfiepreneur.com slash 32. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about starting a business. Uh, We're going to talk about some ways, some creative ways to save money. And I'm even going to issue you a challenge for your entire family. So if you're listening and you have a family, I'm going to issue you a challenge for your entire family in the next couple of weeks. And I I hope you rise to the challenge. Selfiepreneur.com slash 32. If you haven't gotten the network course, that's that's also up there at selfiepreneur.com slash network. Let's be better together. Peace.